Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. episode 28 of the dnvr raptors podcast my name is colton strickler i'm excited about the show we're bringing you you guys today um we got dan power on the show dan power as he introduced himself is the voice of major league rugby um he's called a lot of games for cbs sports espn all these uh big channels he's uh, one of the best in the business super nice guy super appreciative of his time for sitting down with me and talking for a little bit um we got into a lot of different things and i'll talk about that in a second so um, I'll keep the intro outro short just because we want to get to the interview with Dan, but I just wanted to take a second to remind you guys about what we've got going on. We've got, uh, we just wrapped round five of the MLR 2020 virtual tournament. Mika Cruse and Blake Rogers, the Raptors players representatives, picked up a big win over the San Diego Legion, I think by a final score of 66 to 10. Um, I think they have snuck into the playoffs. I think we're waiting to see just kind of how the rest of the matches go. Uh, of course, we'll update you and I when I learn what's going on with that. But um, I picked up a big win. And, yeah, they uh, got back on track after the two-match losing streak to the Austin Gilgronies. That's a dance team, as you'll hear. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And the Utah Warriors. So um, good for Mika to pick up a uh, win again and get this thing back on track, kind of heading into the, the playoffs. And I think even if they don't make the playoffs, I think Mika still has one or two games left in the tournament. So make sure you guys are checking that out. All that's on twitch.tv backslash Major League Rugby. They are, um, as I mentioned before, they're, they're doing this to raise money for the COVID-19 Feeding America Fund. So all that money's going to food banks. It's a good cause. Um, and it's been pretty entertaining. So make sure you go check that out on Twitch if you got a few extra bucks. Uh, feel free to donate that to the to the to the fund because it's for a good cause. So, um, and also today we we wrapped our third DNVR watches. We were watching the classic Raptors matches of the top ten list that I've been putting out. We've been following along with that. So today, this morning on Saturday at ten, we watched uh, the Raptors beat Rugby United New York last year. Um, those that are familiar with the Raptors or MLR, that's the the game Chad London scored the the go ahead try right there at the end. So it was awesome to see all the participation on that. It looks like we're uh, getting some new people into the game, um, generating some buzz, which is awesome to see. So thank you to everybody that participated. I thought today was a big success. 
Um, and we're back at it again tomorrow. So on Sunday, April 5th, hopefully when you're listening to this podcast um, in the morning when you're doing your chores or whatever you're doing, getting exercise in. Um, at noon on Sunday, April 5th, we're going to watch the Raptors take on the Utah Warriors. Um, the May the 4th game from last year, uh, 2019. It's the Raptors' record-setting points performance. That's the most points they've ever scored um, in the history of the club since they've been in MLR. So make sure you come and check that out. Join in on the phone on Twitter. Um, I will send out instructions later with the link to the broadcast where I want you to start the match in terms of the video, um, all that good stuff. So be sure to join in on that fun tomorrow on Sunday, April 5th at noon. Um, keep an eye on DNVR Raptors on Twitter and at Colton Strickler. I'll be sharing you guys the instructions of how you can participate in that. Um, it'll be a lot of fun. If it's anything like today, it'll, it'll be a good time. And um, if you don't know rugby, this is the best chance to learn. I can answer any questions that you send in. Um, I know a lot of the DNVR people were sending in questions today, and I was answering them as quick and uh, the best I could. And I think, uh, I think we're recruiting some new fans. So... I invite everybody to join in on Twitter, hashtag DNVR Watches. Um, it's really just like watching TV with, with your, your buddies, except we're all in different places. And it's been, it's been a unique idea, and it's it's been really cool to see how well it's done, um, how well the DNVR community has adopted these things, whether it be Love is Blind or these classic games that they're watching, the Nuggets, the Broncos, the Rockies, the Avs, the CSU, CU. It's, it's been cool to see. I mean, it has just been fun to go back and watch some of these old games because even if you think you remember them, there, I promise you there's things in them that you, that you have blocked out of your brain. So I invite you to come join us again tomorrow, Sunday, April 5th at noon. Um, it'll be a good time. So now I guess we will uh, jump into my conversation with Dan. Talked about a little bit of everything um, Dan been calling rugby in, in the states for a while talks about how he got to start in broadcasting uh how, how he wound up in the united states is from australia um talked to talked really about all things mlr and then we talked a little bit about golf as well because uh dan is the the uh the rugby broadcasting authority on golf i think i would say so hopefully we can uh, hit the links here pretty soon and then it's springtime. That's when everybody gets the itch to go hit some golf balls. And, and while we can't right now, it'll be uh, something to look forward to here in the next few weeks, hopefully. So um, I guess with that, let's go ahead and kick it to my conversation with the voice of Major League Rugby, Dan Power. All right. Now, welcome on Dan Power, the voice of Major League Rugby to the show. Um, I think that's probably the, the most um, extravagant title of a person that I've interviewed so far. So, Dan, how are you doing? You know, good. I feel like I should have on the uh, the sequence road, uh, Rick Flair style with that introduction. Yeah, woo, oh, right. Appreciate it. Uh, private jet flying. <laughs> so I got a, I got a lot to yeah, ask you, yeah. Dan. So I, I guess first we'll start about the the quarantine stuff. So just how, how are you holding up? Uh, not too bad. I mean, everyone's dealing with this pretty unique situation, and um, you know, I'm just trying to keep busy. It's been great doing the the virtual stuff with you. Yeah. We're running things there for the Colorado Raptors, so it's been fun to get Mika and Blake and yourself involved. And uh, yeah, outside of that, just you know, making the most out of what has been a, a pretty unusual situation for everyone, mate. Yeah, for sure. I think that's uh, what we're all trying to do. So, what are you doing to pass the time? I know you're saying you bought some new golf clubs. Uh, are you watching anything? You reading anything? How, how are you passing the time these days? I'm watching a bunch of golf videos. So when I get my new clubs. Uh, none of them will, will stick and I'll still keep losing 
you know, a hundred dollars worth of tightless uh, around. So yeah, <laughs> that's just like every, that's it, mate. Yeah, sounds like you though, right? Oh, the, you don't even know. I'll let you in on a little secret. When I was uh, in college, um, I had a friend that worked at a local golf course down here. Um, that rhymes with uh, and. <laughs> Uh, he, he got us a, a trash can full of range balls. So I, I filled up my backpack with that. Uh, that was at least, man, my sophomore year of college, seven years ago, filled up my backpack yeah. full of those. And I, I just finished through them last summer. So I've actually saved quite a bit of money on golf balls. And, and this year it's going to come back and bite me. I'm, I'm guessing it doesn't work there anymore. We can't go back with a, with a bigger backpack. I don't think so. No, uh, to break in there yeah. in the dead of night, I think to do that again. Um, I love the, the rhyme with game. That's always great for the <laughs> keeping secrets. Yes. So uh, what's the first thing you're doing when, when uh, quarantine's over? Oh, mate. You know what? I probably have to get back to work um, <laughs> like, along with everyone else. But this is be a good thing for you as well to kind of think about is like, what is normal after this? Do we go back to society how we knew it, or is this changing things forever? That's the, the probably the biggest question that I'm still having trouble answering. So, right. what are you going to do? Maybe you can point me in the right direction. Oh, I don't even know. I've been asking that question to a few people, and I still don't really have an answer. But I mean, to kind of piggyback off your point there, I don't think I think that's going to change how how we do things forever. I think honestly, in terms of work, in terms of um, events in terms of everything. I think we were talking, I was talking to some people about when it is finally over and, and they say, Hey, you guys can go to a concert or you can go to a sporting event. I, I just don't think people are going to go. I think people are going to be too weary to, it's going to take for sure, take some getting used to, to get back to, to life as we knew it. So yeah, I agree with you there, mate. It's, it's going to take a brave soul to put on a, a big event. First one after this thing, all this, <laughs> whether it be music or sport or whatever. You know, the, the only saving grace is the NFL is coming. And I know we're rugby people, but the NFL is so big. Right. I think that could be the catalyst to kind of encourage people to get back out and start going again. So fingers crossed we're not still doing this. Come uh, kick off late August, early September. Oh, I know. For real. I, I uh, yeah, because it's the same thing with part of me. It's been, it's been kind of weird that the NFL's kind of been operating as business as usual, but the other part of me too is like, thank goodness, because that's what sports are for, right? Sports are a distraction, and that's a little bit of a distraction. So, hopefully, it doesn't bite them, uh, bite them in the butt. But we'll see. <laughs> so, we will. Looking yeah. forward to TV twelve down in Tampa Bay. Oh wait. boy, I gotta ask you later about your Chiefs hat in the broadcast last week. We can get into that you, in a little bit. You want to bit. get that out of the way now? Because I know this is a, a Denver, this is a Colorado podcast. Yes, yeah, let's hear. I've said a lot of people. Did you lose a bet or something? Or how are you a Chiefs fan? It is. It is. My son is a huge Pat Mahomes fan. Oh, it's, that's uh, fair. It's very hard to fault him because he's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, no. So he goes to the Chiefs, and we had a bet at the start of the season, um, which, as most Broncos fans will know now, I lost. So... <laughs> Yeah. I have to wear the Chiefs hat, and the, the deal was he gets to pick when I have to wear it. And so he's like, you have to do it on the show. So there it was. That's fair. That's a, that's a good move by your son. I like it. He's a All smart one. All righty. So I guess jumping into a little bit about you, Dan, could, could you kind of take us through your, your rugby career and just kind of how you ended up in the States? I don't know if those things are um, the same, but uh, if you kind of talk about, about how you started uh, playing rugby, getting into rugby, I think that'd be awesome. 
Yeah, got over here on an airplane, actually. Uh, <laughs> big one. And uh, no, it was good. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, dude, I obviously grew up in Australia. The accent probably gives it away and, and played down there and spent a little time in Europe, playing over in Europe as well in, in the south of France. Had a great time there. And then kind of came to the, the, the crossroads that we all do in, in life and wasn't sure what I was going to do with myself and had a couple of good friends who were living out on the East Coast at the time. And just reached out to them and said, I'm thinking about coming over and what do you think? And next thing you know, he's on a plane and yeah, over here. I ended up spending a, a season with White Plains in New York. Actually played with Troy Hall. Uh, uh. Another guy went on and played for the USA in sevens and fifteens and you know, great dude. So it was just me and him playing at this small uh, division one club in New York. Yeah. And uh, then went over to the AC after that, New York Athletic Club and yeah, I had a great time there. That's, that really was, looking back at everything, some of the best years was playing there. Just a great group of guys, uh, a great culture that Mike Tolkien and Bruce McLean kind of built out there. And Yeah. Uh, it's great to, to now get to work with Tolks in a different capacity this year with the broadcasting, and I got to see Bruce a couple of times last year with uh, Rooney as well. So good to stay in contact with those guys and some, some great memories that I cherish dearly from my time at the AC out there. For sure. Uh, how'd you end up in Colorado then? A little simpler, mate. It was a car this time, so not a plane. <laughs> yeah. No. He's a good Actually, answer. Um, it is. It is. I'm giving you a lot of good material. Uh, the, uh, the team doctor for the USA side during that time was a guy called Dave Schneider, Dr. Dave Schneider, also Colorado, the Panorama Orthopedics. The oh, yeah. Shameless plug there. Um, I've got and, a few broken bones fixed at that place. Yeah, Schneider's the man. He's, he's a great dude. And so he was looking at doing some work with uh, the company I work with at the moment, at the time I wasn't with. And him and I had a conversation. He put me in touch with some of the right people to talk to. And the position ended up opening up uh, in the company. And they you know, took a chance, took a punt on me. And it's it's been great. Ten years going strong with Striker now. And had a chance to do some things with Doc Schneider as well. So to have that go full circle has been fun, similar to doing the commentary stuff with Tolks and to be able to do some stuff with Schneider as well has been really good. So the position was in Denver, so we moved out here. It was my wife and my son, Harris, at the time. We've since had a daughter, Charlotte, in 2012. And we're happy, man. We left for a little while, went down to Florida through work for a little while, but came back. So it's, uh, for lack of a bit of a term, with the current landscape it's it's a little infectious here so <laughs> yeah i saw uh, we we wanted to get back yeah i know that was the uh the update today from from governor polis was that we got to wear masks now so the the infectious is true so kind of moving yeah. back uh how, how'd you get into broadcasting i don't think i'm trying to anticipate the car or plane um I, I, how'd you get into broadcasting <laughs> though <laughs> there's, there's no horse involved or a bike i promise you. yeah uh no it's you know what, and, and this is a, a great credit to the city of Glendale and the Colorado Raptors, because if you look at the number of broadcasters currently working in MLR, I would say well over uh, half have somehow or some way been involved with getting their start with the city of Glendale. And that's true for me, you know, uh, Pat Guthrie, Matt Brown, Linda Cassidy, Kieran Nelson, that whole crew down there, obviously Mayor Mike sits, sits on top there, um, they were broadcasting rugby well and truly you know, long before professional rugby was even a thought here. And so I got my start down there, got to learn off those, uh, those wonderful people and, you know, 
it kind of developed from there. And once uh, the now defunct and uh, luckily defunct pro rugby <laughs> you know, came along, I did that season for, for them and, and it's just kicked on from there. And it's been great to do it with MLR and get to meet some amazingly talented people on the other side and get to see sports broadcasting in, in an entirely new light, like just the evolution of where we've gone from the start to where we are now. Uh, Kimberly Higgs in year one, Jeremy Mann year two, and, you know, Reese Edwards year three of just each of them just unbelievably talented people to work with and have been great for the game here. Uh, you know, having people like Stacey Pates involved now, like yeah. Stacey's just one of the most talented human beings I've ever ever met and uh, an amazing uh, person first and foremost but just a consummate professional and to learn off her and how she prepares and how she approaches uh, sports in general has been and that is just been fantastic yeah i've only met stacy a couple times but she yeah nothing but good things to say super nice lady unrivaled shoe game as well um she, she always brings the heat hey, on the feet her, her shoe game is immaculate like i've never seen anything like it i've never seen the same pairs of shoes on it that's the crazy <laughs> thing yeah now uh, she's got a, a deep so, uh deep closet it, it looks like with that stuff so um so i no know dogs and no kids because they ruin your shoe game quickly yeah i'll keep that in mind <laughs> as, I, as i'm getting a little older um so i know dan you are the the number one gilgroniac you're the leader of the gilgroniacs but I want to ask you a couple questions about the Raptors while I had you on the phone. I know you uh, called the first match against Houston this year, um, but what did you kind of think about yeah. the season that the Raptors were, were having in the midst of uh, before, I guess, the, the world stopped turning, as I put it yesterday? Yeah, a lot of question marks coming into the season, right? You make a change at head coach, a lot of the roster turned over. Um, you lose a lot of players in terms of, like, DTS at the back. He goes to mm -hmm. Old Glory. Shawnee Davies retires, Will McGee. Like, that's your, your attacking spine, your 9, 10, 15. Mm -hmm. um, so it was, it was a lot of question marks coming in. They made some great signings. Uh, some, like most teams, you know, didn't show up with the visa stuff. But, you know, we got to see Renny Ranger over here, which is – he's always been such a fun player to watch. Yeah. Just an exciting player. And I know speaking to some of the, the Raptors guys, he was actually a really good influence on that squad. Uh, uh, but – Unfortunately for Colorado, I think they're actually just starting to find the form and the rhythm under head coach Pete Borlase. Yeah. Stephen Brett, like his, his influence was starting to make its way in and, and it looked like they were primed to make a run. They had a couple of good wins there in a row, tough wins too. Mm -hmm. you know? So they, they were playing really good rugby to turn it around. So probably, uh, you know, I had them outside of the playoffs at the start of the year, but they definitely jumped up into the West, especially with the way Seattle was playing. And, and Houston had Houston in the playoffs at the start, and they weren't really getting uh, their attack ironed out. So Colorado was looking really strong in the West there. Yeah. I know you, you talked about Rennie Ranger a little bit, but uh, is there any other players that, that kind of caught your eye uh, coming on towards the, the end of that five, six-week period? Yeah, really like Sam Slade. Mm -hmm. uh, Me too. You know, I think back to, yeah, year one, you had Sammy Fig there, and, and I think you missed him in year two a lot. Like, it's crazy. You don't really notice a lot of what they do until they're gone. Mm -hmm. And I think Pete Dahl retiring, Zach Fanoli retiring. You add those into the, the three I mentioned before as well. There was a big, you know, leadership hole there. I think Sam Slade, even though he's quite young, played a very you know strong style of game where 
his actions spoke volumes, and I really liked the looks of him. Um, I was excited to see Chad Goff, big shoes to fill. Yeah. Uh, Zach Fanolia retiring, and you know Zach Goff's a guy whose name's kind of been in and around higher honors for a while, and it was it was finally going to get a chance to like that's his jersey. There's no shadow of, of sticks there, kind of hovering around. It was his time, and I was excited to see what he could do as well. Yeah, I was. Uh, I've been working on a, the the top ten Raptors matches list over these last couple weeks, and I was looking back on a couple from the inaugural season, and I was reminded of the the hit that Sam Fig put on Don Patty. Do you remember that hit? I do remember that hit in Utah. That was yeah. an absolute belter. I know. Don Patty was on fire that day. He was giving uh, the Raptors all sorts of troubles with those kick returns. He had been cutting. You know, little channels everywhere on the kick returns. He was popping up in, in phase play, and, and big Sammy Fig just cut him in half. Yeah. One of the best hits, like, on a kick return I've ever seen. Yeah, that was, a, that was a big one. That was uh, one of my lasting memories from Sam Fig. <laughs> so I, I stumbled upon that the other day. I thought I'd bring it up since you brought him up. So um, kind of moving into some more, like, general landscape of the league stuff. If you had to pick a – a, a MLR MVP after after five games. Who, who would you get your vote? Ooh, that's a great one. It, it's tough because you don't get the. I didn't get the call of the teams. So yeah. We were kind of early on in the year. I'll give you a top three of what I saw. Yeah. That I really liked uh, Danny Tsitala from Old Glory, mm-hmm. the scrum half. Really liked, really liked him. The way he commanded that back line. He worked with Jason Robinson there. You had DTS, uh, uh, Roberts Tanana. You know, you had um, Declan O'Donnell coming back from injury. That guy was massive. I don't know if you guys <laughs> played Old Glory. No, that... Declan O'Donnell was the biggest winger I've ever seen in my life. He was just a beast. That was... So, the... uh, yeah, Danny... Oh, sorry. sorry. That was the... Uh, that we were, they were about to play Old Glory the, the weekend. The season got postponed. So I hadn't had too much of a chance to watch much Old Glory this year. I think I only caught one or two matches. Jose ramping up on my uh, my film study so now i've got nothing to do i might go back and check out this uh, this guy <laughs> yeah he was the tiger danny Tusitala. he was good uh lukey burton from san diego mm-hmm. he was pretty good jp actually jp duplicy as well i'm a big fan of jp duplicy i think that guy's just a, a a winner you know he's just one of those players that just brings the best out of players around him and they're mm-hmm. the guys that you want on the team so pretty impressive. They were five and zero. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were looking good. Big Josh Burno as well was doing really well in the pack for them. I'm trying to think who else, mate? Who else do you think? Give me some names. See, it was tough. Plenty of the MLR. Trans- I know transitioning over to to the the team side instead of the the league side it really hindered my ability to watch a lot of a lot of rugby. But I think um, oh, Josavera Malua. I love watching Josa play. Um, like you said, Josh Furno, uh, we we caught San Diego uh, up close and personal in week two. So um, I, I liked a lot of the lot of players on that team. Like you said, JP Duplessis, um, just I feel like he's always uh, in the right place at the right time. I'm sure on defense, I, I, yeah, I think uh, any anybody from the San Diego Legion is a, is probably a good bet. Yeah, they're a fun team. Sammy Malcolm from Toronto. Yeah, you, know, you often forget Toronto because. You know they're they're up there in Canada, but don't uh, they they were going to be a really good team this year. Mm-hmm. They were in the mix to win the whole thing, but yeah, it was tough. It was tough. I think week five is what when we finished, so that's kind of 
where the the season started to hit the hit the grind, right? The, right. The early nerves were out. The feeling out period combinations were settled, and I think we really would have seen the best of MLR coming, you know, forward from where we were. Right. And then I guess kind of my last one about um, MLR kind of stuff. But if you had to pick a biggest surprise of the season, when it I guess up to the point that it ended, what would you choose? Would it be the Seattle slow start? Um, would it, anything anything like that comes to your mind could be good or bad? Yeah, that was that was a big story, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was kind of uh, I did quite a few Seattle games to start the year, and um, I, I will tell you. Colton, one of the weirdest things I've seen out of the first two and a, a bit years of MLR, I've never seen Seawolves fans leave a home game. Mm-hmm. But the game against Toronto, with 10 minutes to go, there were people walking out. And I was like, wow. Like, you know, this, this was not only a shock for the whole league, this was a, a big shock for the fans there who have had two very successful years. And who knows if they would have turned it around. We'd like to think that the, the roster they had up there, they could have got right. it done. But yeah, the the start for Seattle was definitely a big story. For sure. Um, if you if you had to take a guess, if you had to put your finger on, what do you think that was attributed to? Was it that Tasman game? That's kind of what I had saw floating around the corners of the internet, but that just the Tasman game kind of banged them up a little bit, or or, or is it just feel just a new year? The the competition gets better every year, as we've seen kind of to this point. If you had to put your finger on it, could you could you give us an educated guess? Yeah, I think you, you kind of hitting on a really good couple of good points there. And, you know, I mentioned this recently that sport sports is a cruel mistress. Like you don't really realize that you're in a bad situation in sports until you're very deep into that bad situation. So uh-huh. maybe it was a little complacency. They, they came back late. They've gone back to back. And it's probably hard to kind of keep that motivation going when you've won two in a row and, the Tasman game was a big game for them. It was pretty tough and physical. I know they lost quite a few players. They had a very, very deep injury toll too, Colton, at one, early in the year. Mm-hmm. So they were pretty stretched to start with. Um, yeah, I think it's just a combination of a lot of things, mate. And that's the another thing that we'll, we'll have to lament as we look back on 2020 is we'll, we'll never know if they could have turned it around. Right. So, yeah, it's tough. And, and I'm sure they'll rebuild. Yeah, that's such a great... Great club up there, oh, yeah. from top to bottom. Great fans. It's a great facility. They've done a lot of really good things in Seattle, and I know they'll, they'll bounce back in 2021. And maybe, unfortunately for the rest of the league, this was a wake-up call for them. Right. They may not be as complacent coming out of the gate next year. Yeah. Uh, I guess only time will tell. So, all right, Dan. I, I wanted to ask you uh, about a couple of golf courses while I had you on the phone. Okay. <laughs> I love it. This is more like it. Yeah. This is better than rugby. Yes, I know. So, so give me, give me. I guess I'm trying to think. If you had to give me like a top five list of, of courses we could play around here, or some of your favorites. Oh, around here, mate. Uh, my favorite course to play at right now is TPC Colorado. Okay. And uh, up in Berthoud in northern Colorado. Right. I'm a, I'm a well, not as long as I used to be. <laughs> the ladies that but I, I, it's a long course it's pretty open mm-hmm. pretty, but it, it's very long and difficult so I've always struggled with the, the shorter side of golf so I usually hit a drive and then I've got half if I have half an iron in 
mm-hmm. inevitably you end up hitting it thin and it goes, you know, 160 yards. So I've always liked where I can hit a full club. You know, TPC Colorado, you can get a, a full club. Uh-huh. Uh, the club at uh, Ravina, I don't know if you've played that one yet. Uh-huh. Like southwest Littleton. Okay. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous track down there. They've done a really good job with that. And uh, it's it's good 18 holes to look at people's houses that unless I hit Powerball, I'll never be able to live in. That just keeps <laughs> me grounded too. Yes. This is a... I don't know if you've been down there, but there's uh, the price tag on some of those homes is getting uh, getting up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, trying to think what else I played. Uh, Castle Pines. Uh-huh. There's quite a few courses down there, but I played. Um, well, I think I played the Country Club one. Castle Pines Country Club. That was nice. Beautiful. Uh-huh. I love the the pine trees and I love the rocks and the beaches down there. It's pretty good. But what about you, mate? What, what's your top three? Oh man. Uh, I, I think I think Mariana Butte up up kind of by you. You played up there. Yes. Yeah. I played it before and after the floods, and it's a totally different course now. Yeah, I played there. I think two summers ago, um, and I really liked it. But that that was a, one of the courses that almost made me quit golf. I think uh, by the <laughs> end of that, I was just I was sitting in the cart in a pretty bad mood, and I think CSU lost to. I think Hawaii that day too, and so everyone was texting me talking talking about how Hawaii beat CSU. So it was it wasn't a good day, but that was that was a beautiful course. I'm trying to think where else I like to play. So um, I like to stick to some of these city courses up here. I know I played Welshire. I think eight, six, seven, eight times last year. I love Welshire. I'm trying to think where else we played last year that I I really enjoyed. Homestead. I played Homestead a couple times too. And I know that's, uh, um, yeah, like, it, not a, yeah, not a, not a full 18, I guess we would say, but played Homestead a couple times and really enjoyed that. So um, I did at Welshire. Yeah, who's the best golfer on the Raptors? Did you get out and play with the players? No, I haven't played with any players yet. I'll try to get that uh, organized this year once, uh, once we can go outside again. I was going to say, though, too, I played a couple, there's one round we played at Welshire last year. I put... I'm trying to think. I think it's 14, 15, 16. That's the ones that runs parallel to Hamden. Put all three of my tee shots on Hamden. Didn't hit a car, though. Not that you would claim it if you no, did No, anyway. that's why you don't put your name on your ball, right? You don't put your name on your ball, and you always keep one in your pocket. So if you walk up there, and the guy's steaming out of the car and goes, you hit this, you can drop no. the one down out of your pocket and be like, no, oh, I'm right here, mate. I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't I me. the group in front of us hit and then they bolted all right yeah like four guys and they went that way yeah it was not wearing uh they're all wearing seattle seawolves polos (laughs) yeah yeah it wasn't me sir skinner and adrian balfour don't come up (laughs) yeah i'm not sure uh my my friend shane skinner's listening to the show but you never know oh that 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 guy he's got his finger on many pulses so don't be surprised yeah All right, Dan, uh, that's all the questions I had for you this time. I'll be sure to, to check back in with you there soon, though. Stay safe, stay healthy, Colton, the farmer from Wheatridge. Yes. Uh, appreciate you having me on, brother. You're doing great things with the Raptors. Excited to see what you guys have uh, moving forward here. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate appreciate your time. No worries, Colton. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Dan Power. Um, big thanks to Dan for taking some time out of his day 
to come chat with me. I uh, really enjoyed the conversation. I hope you guys did too. Um, so yeah, thanks, thanks to everybody for listening. I just wanted to remind you guys one more time just about all the all the stuff we've got going on at the MVR. Um, make sure you follow along with our top ten uh, matches list. It's been fun to put together. Um, the next two will come out on Wednesday and again on Friday. I just put out the two this week. Um, so we, we've got four matches down. Make sure you're checking that out. Um, learning about the team, learning about um, why these matches are significant, learning about some of the key players on on the team and, and that have made the club what it is. Um, yeah, so uh, we yeah keep checking those out. Um, remember again to join us every weekend for the next three weeks. We're doing the DNVR watches for the Classic Raptors matches, um, so make sure you, you keep it locked there. Uh, we've got tomorrow, like I mentioned at the top of the show, we've got um, the Raptors victory over the Utah Warriors. Scored a lot of points in that game. Um, the Rooney match we watched today was more of a defensive territory battle. Um, this one will be a lot more exciting, I guess, to, to new fans because it's it's really high scoring. A lot of high flying plays, a lot of, a lot of people breaking, a lot of tackles, uh, busting off big meters. So again guys thank thank you for tuning in thank you for following along with the stuff so far remember to uh, keep following on twitter at dnvr underscore raptors or at colton strickler that's my personal account um keep following along with that keep sending in questions it was really fun to answer some questions today during the broadcast so um let's keep it rolling let's keep uh let's keep making the best of the situation as we can and and let's uh keep learning and watching some good rugby so that's my show guys thank you for listening uh hope you had a great Great day, great week, great weekend, and I'll catch you back on Monday.